What's up, everybody, and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, June 30th, 2020. I am your host today in a weird combination, Imran Khan. Joining me, Blessing Adeyoye Jr. Blessing, how you Imran, doing? What's up? How's it going? We usually don't do this. We usually don't way. do this. There was a you guys were just you got it from a slumber just now because you were just covering some dreams. Yeah, oh exactly. Yeah, no, me and Greg. Oh, that, was good. Uh, <laughs> that was good. We, we were we were covering Dreamscom. We were doing a, a live reaction to it that you can catch on the Twitch VODs if you want to. Um it was a good time. Like it, Dreams is one of those games where it came out and I, I think there is a community there for it. Like me, I, I loved it, Greg loved it. And over the year, it's kind of excitement is kind of dissipated in a way that's kind of been uh, kind of unfortunate because that's kind of just what happens when when newer, bigger games come out. And yeah, you release um, an early access, so that kind of takes away yeah. a little bit from the final release. Yeah, exactly. The, the 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 actual launch of the game didn't have that big pop. It didn't have that big push, and so they've been, they've essentially been doing these uh, these streams where earlier in the year they did like a like a dreams awards kind of stream and this one was more so like a uh, a dev showcase and they've been pretty fun they've been pretty cool they announced psvr for that today right yes okay they did That's, announce psvr would yeah i figured that was going to be coming down the line at some point it just odd they didn't make it at launch but cool it's cool that it's coming now yeah yeah coming out july 22nd and it's it's one of those things where when when Greg brought it up to me on stream, we kind of had the question of, "All right, did it already come out? Is this the thing that we just didn't realize is already there?" And yeah, no, it, it seems like it's 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 coming through, um, and I'm excited to check that out because what they showed in the trailer actually looked cool as far as what the VR features are and, and what that can entail. There's a there's a kind of funny dreams community. I've seen them make things. I don't know if they're still making things, but here's my challenge to the kind of funny dreams community. Make a game called The Roper Report. Whatever that game is, it needs to be thematically like that. I just want to see a game called The Roper Report. I'm down for it. Please it could do. be a high wire game. I'd be whatever it is. I want to see your interpretation. Maybe a, a twin stick shooter, or you can make it Tetris, but the pieces are us. You know what I mean? Eight bit oh. pieces oh, no. of us. If we get back in the oh, studio, no. can we get the green screen and just like make the Tetris pieces? Okay, now I'm in. When you when, when, I when will, Kevin said that before, I'll I, like, I, I will go to the studio and we'll stay six feet apart and we can do this now if you want. Is all I'm the saying. idea the idea that like I'm just like doing the straight line like this and like Greg is doing like an L shape with his body and then Tim is doing like some kind of figuring out how to make the T. I don't know how that works, but mm -hmm. Tim's making like like a T shape like this. I'm in. I'm into it. I like it. Here's the thing: when Salty Bet was a big thing, I wanted to get a green screen and just make my own fighting game character. Because I feel like it's it's a reasonable process. You just make the poses and take the pictures and like green screen everything out. Oh, are you talking like a Mortal Kombat? One yeah, like fighting that. style? Like that. Oh, man. Let's 100%. make a game. Let's do it. I'm Let's do a kind of funny Mortal Kombat. Mortal kind of? Mm, we'll figure kinda it out. Kind of combat. Kind of yeah, combat. Yeah, kind of combat. There, that works perfectly. That's brilliant. I love this idea. So It just keeps getting better and better. I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> Let's do it. Speaking Come of getting better and better, we got a bunch of stories today, Blessing. We got more yeah, we about, about Xbox Lockhart, a delay for Nintendo's theme park, some implications about the future of PSVR, and more. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members are above get the right in and silver members are above get the show ad free along with our exclusive daily post show 
for a little bit of housekeeping real quick. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Muhammad Muhammad, Connor Nolan, and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by Brooklyn, but Blessing will tell you about that later. I will. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Abort. <laughs> it's time for some news. We got seven stories today. A Baker's Dozen! It sounds like you're saying it like falling off a building. That's because he is. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin will go very far for his art. Kevin goes far for the show. Kevin Kevin puts his, puts his life on the line to keep the show float, floating. And I love it. It's good Thank fully you. work. <laughs> all right. So the Xbox Lockhart, we all know what that is. And if you don't know what that is, that is the supposedly existent a cheaper version of the Xbox Series X. Xbox Lockhart is intended to release after Series X. This is from Thurot.com. It's written by Brad Sims. Brad Sam, sorry. Initially, the console was going to be announced in June, but the latest reports say August. But I, to Brad, can't independently verify that yet. Here's a fun fact, though. The original launch plans for Lockhart was it was going to be released in mid-October. That may not sound all that surprising, but Anaconda, the Series X, was going to release in late August. Clearly, pants have been adjusted, based on COVID-19. No surprise that those dates have slipped and that the announcement timeline for Lockhart has been more fluid than what we've seen in previous years. That's why it's a bit hard to lock down the exact date, but the announcement should be coming sooner rather than later. So we're we're in a bit of a flux with current Xbox hardware announcements. because we know that Series X exists. They've not officially in any way confirmed Lockhart, but it does seem to be the worst kept secret in the world right, yeah. right now. But now Brad Sams is saying we would have gotten... Wait, let me read this to make sure I'm not messing this order up uh going to be announced in june and relationship reports say august so now we're looking at a, an august announcement for it the original launch plans for lockhart was going to be released mid-october that so that's after series x which is intended to have been released in sept or late in august. august that's right all that sounds wild to me like in a way where i'm like do, like i i mean i i, I trust i trust brad, brad sam's as a reporter here but if you if you came to me and told me that like yeah the Xbox Series X is going to come out late August and you're going to get the 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 uh, Series S or the Lockhart in September, I'd be like, all right, why? Like that just that doesn't sound like a, <laughs> a like a thing that makes sense. Um, because all of our predictions have been all right. Yeah, November makes sense. There was that uh, quote unquote leak, and I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that this is just a mistake. Um, where earlier in the year the the Microsoft website updated to say Thanksgiving. Uh, but it had like art. For, for... I don't understand how you can make a mistake with art. Like they actually physically put the word Thanksgiving as part of the thing. Yeah, and and but also they have, I believe they have been using the word holiday to describe the the release window. And so August doesn't really make sense if you're saying holiday. And so I don't know how much I buy that. I do buy the I I do buy the idea that Lockhart exists because it's been kind of an open secret. Um, Lockhart coming a out after the Xbox Series X. I think is the most interesting thing here because in a way I I could see that making sense. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Now that we have the PS5 announced and we have the, PS, the PS5 and the PS5 digital edition that are both uh, assumably coming out on the same day, I guess now it kind of make less sense. But in a world, in a world where we don't know that in a world where PS5 is just coming out and being the PS5, um, Xbox Series X coming out on a date, and then and then them following up with 
a different skew of it, let's say months later, uh, in order to drill down the fact that, yeah, Xbox Series X is the one that we want to push hard because that is that is what we see as the most powerful console. That is what we see as the most ideal experience. That's what we see as the, the, the point in which we want to get you in for sure. And then following that up, a bit later with, all right, now here's Lockhart for those that couldn't afford that first one or for those that, that didn't want to um, uh, chalk up the cash for the first one. Here's here's this scaled down experience that we're treating as somewhat of a lesser experience because we don't we, we want you to experience these games the best way possible. I feel like it makes sense from that perspective. But other than that, like this is all interesting to me. So in the story, he actually does go a little bit into the idea of the lesser experience of the Lockhart. And the way he puts it is that all the technology that's in the Series X is going to still be in Lockhart in that like it's still going to have ray tracing, it's still going to have a much better processor, all that jazz. The difference is mainly going to be if you want 4K, you get a be- you get the Series X. If you want 1080p, you get the Lockhart. That seems reasonable, especially in the way that Microsoft is trying to blur the gen- lines between generations. So I could see them going like, it's not necessarily a lesser experience. It's you don't have a 4K TV, you're not going to buy a 4K TV, or you don't care about it that much. Here's a, here's something you can afford. Yeah. That yeah, that said, like COVID, I'm sure, has thrown off plans in that sense. In more than just like manufacturing and design processes, I'm sure they're looking at, say, uh the way like unemployment numbers and things like that in a way that like are people really going to be able to afford or will they if we put the more expensive system out first, will people buy that or will they just wait for the least expensive one? And if that's the case, why not just release them simultaneously? Yeah, and that's that's the other ripple to it too. Is that what it? What is the difference here? Especially if we're talking about hardware supply and uh, pretty much all the reporting and theories that yeah, these these consoles are going to sell out at launch because they're not like the the supply for these consoles aren't going to, going to mirror the PS4 and Xbox One in terms of how much supply is out there. Given uh, uh, COVID, given just these being more expensive boxes in general. Right, like they're 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 scaling back as far as how many of these things they're making because given that they're more expensive, less people are going to uh, come out and, and buy them for that reason. Yeah. And so that being the case, doing that that staggered option, I don't know how much sense that makes for for them in terms of, I guess, selling through because every, you imagine that the way they're looking at it. Um, if they are looking at it this way, everything's going to sell through. Like everything's going to going to sell out, and so why why even stagger them if that's going to be the case? Yeah, and even personally, I'm someone who owns every system and will will continue to own every system. But I'm I'm looking at this year's launch and being like, I don't know that I will buy both consoles at once, if only because like I don't think I necessarily need to, especially with the way the generations are blurring and all that jazz. But yeah. like. I don't know, spent, dropping $1,000 for two consoles later this year, and we're just assuming a surprise it could be actually be more or could be less. Who knows? That seems like a big ask for nothing that has shown me that I need both consoles at launch. Especially especially the Xbox. Because I, I, I feel like you can make the argument that, yeah, Spider-Man Miles Morales can probably only play on your PS5. Horizon, mm-hmm. Horizon Forbidden West is going to be a PS5 game. Like There are games that are coming out that you can only play on the PS5. But if you have a PC or if you have an Xbox One, for like the first year at least, you're going to be pretty good as far as being able to play whatever um, uh, Microsoft has going on on the Xbox side. Halo Infinite, you're going to play on Xbox. You can play on Xbox One. Um, Hellblade's newest saga, it's going to be on PC. Like pretty, pretty much all of the first party Xbox stuff comes out on PC for the most part. 
um, with like rare exception. I don't know if I, I'm sure that there might be one or two exceptions. I can't even think of them right now. I only ones um, I can think of are on PC and not on Xbox. Yeah, exactly. Like the ones that I'm thinking of are uh, I think that Gears, the Gears, ta Gears Tactics. Yeah, like that yeah. came out on PC first, and I think that might even still be coming to Xbox. I'm not sure. It is at um, some point, but right now it's only on PC. Yeah, and so I. I, I I, I think there's a, a there's a less compelling case if if you're a person that plans to buy both consoles to get Xbox right off the bat. That said, Lockhart could be that thing, right? And it's, especially depending on what exactly it is, because there have been multiple theories. I know Tim has been predicting that. What if it is just a streaming box? What if it is a thing that you can get in for a hundred dollars? That could be a very compelling case for so many people if they just want to hop in and play games and not want to. Um, make it rain, make it rain in the Microsoft Store, which I guess rest in peace the Microsoft Store. Um, but yeah, like depending on, on on what Lockhart is, that could be a defining factor for so many people as far as what that purchasing purchasing decision is. Um, you know, where wherever it scales, right? Is, if it, if it's a two hundred dollar thing or a three hundred dollar thing, depending on how much weaker it is than the Xbox Series X, all that stuff comes into play, and all that stuff I think is going to be big in that decision for people. Yeah, to be clear, like this is this is by intention. This is Microsoft's design for this coming thing is they don't want you to necessarily feel pressured to buy a new system. They are fine with you staying with an Xbox One or buying a cheaper one or whatever, as long as you're in the ecosystem. That is their entire game plan. So it's hard to compare them and Sony, but at the same time, like as somebody that will be going to a Best Buy or whatever or already online at the end of this year, being like, what system do I want? I would probably end up with a PS5 more likely, but also where the enthusiast audience is not necessarily the audience I think Microsoft is shooting for. I can see that. A quick question here. So mm -hmm. the uh, wouldn't it make sense that it's interesting that the flagship is the one with the the disc reader? Because wouldn't they make more money if you're just buying the games online? Yes, and that's yeah. a, that's one of the things I was thinking about the other day of like. What if Sony just releases all their special edition consoles uh, with the discless edition? Because that does encourage people to just kind of... I know people uh, people get up in arms when I say this, but to console manufacturers, making disc versions is more of a pain than you would think, as well as for uh, third-party publishers, because you have to have minimum orders for printing and stuff like that. So I could see them wanting to wean people off physical editions over time, even though people like some people really like those. But I could see it's definitely the first time I saw that be like, oh, I see what they want to do here. Whether they get there this generation is a different question. Yeah. And I, and I think it's the thing of I, I, I don't know how ready we are for the flagship edition to be the disless version. I think I think Sony and Microsoft would 100 percent want that. I think that is their dream. And I think them releasing discless versions of their console is them building toward that dream and, and essentially prepping us to be ready for that. But I think when you look at the Xbox One, the way the way in which that console released in 2013, there are so many ideas there that Microsoft had for that console that were either in some ways not consumer friendly or in other ways too future looking in a way that I think for for so many of us put us off because we're like, oh, what do you mean? Uh, uh, I can only play my game on my console and I can't like share that stuff. What do you mean this? What do you mean that? When really like what they're doing was kind of prepping for where we're going now with this kind of all digital future and, and, right. what, and what this eco ecosystem is going to start looking like. Um, I think if they came out 
if either company would come out and make the discless version the flagship and like the most front-facing thing like it's not going to be death for them by any means but i do think you you see a lot of people have that taste in their mouth um of, or have that bad taste in their mouth like oh man I, I don't i don't necessarily like discless i think for us for us here in this podcast we'd be down for it because we probably play most most of our games digital anyway mm-hmm. um but i think there's a wider public that looks at that and goes oh man i don't know man i'm gonna get the disc version anyway because like why wouldn't i that's that that's the one that's gonna be gonna let me play any game i want to yeah um, that's kind of where i am too like i probably would not buy a disc game for a for the foreseeable future but the fact that I wouldn't be able to buy a disc game drives me crazy. Exactly. So I would just buy this version. Yeah, and and I think it has that bad taste in the mouth for for players, and then also for um uh for stores like Best Buy and Walmart and and people that are going to be selling um, these consoles. Like you don't want to piss them off um, because as we see as we've seen in the in the theater business. In the, in the movie theater business i forget what what uh movie it was but there's there's basically a studio that was like oh yeah we've seen so much return on just releasing our movies digital that we want to go digital and theater for our movies going forward and some trolls theaters were like yeah trolls tour. was it trolls yeah and yeah. theaters were like fuck that we're not having your movies in theaters anymore i could see best buy doing the same thing i could see target doing the same thing and go oh you want to sell people on digital all right good luck selling these consoles because we ain't selling this shit like i could see that happening well it's um, also because I mean, Sony is very specifically not working with game stores anymore on a digital future because, like, they pulled back the idea of selling game cards in stores. Now it's you can yeah. only buy PSN credit, so you have to be in our ecosystem. You can't just go to the GameStop and be like, hey, give me one Horizon 2 card. You have to yeah. actually, like, okay, give me $75 worth of PSN credit. I'm going to have $15 left over, which means I'm going to have to spend that on something else in the future. Yes, it's it's very much a, a a balancing act and a push and pull of um, the console manufacturers versus companies, and then the, the console manufacturers trying to balance out like what the public is ready for. And so I think by the time we get to the PS6 and whatever the next Xbox, uh, uh, I guess generation is, whether that's still the series or not, I think we will we'll get to that point where the digital version is the most front facing version of the console, and that is um, uh, what they're trying to sell you on more so than anything else. Um, but I, I think we're like I think we're one generation away from that. Yeah, and like people have already more or less accepted that games games exist right now that you're not going to be able to put into a console ten years later and just play. Like Destiny is a good example. Uh, the biggest games in the world, are like GTA Online, Minecraft, and yeah. Fortnite, and those are games that if you put if you tried to play it in ten years, probably won't exist. I mean, who knows? Like they could be huge games, but for the most part, are well, not won't exist, but won't exist in the same capacity. And mm-hmm. that is going to be a more difficult thing. But speaking of Fortnite, they actually just ditched their early access label and they're actually slowing development on the other half of the game that no one talks about, the Save the World thing. This is from IGN by Jordan Oldeman. Fortnite is finally shedding its early access status. And as a result, development of its original Save the World PvE mode will slow down. The news arrives after three years of development, during which the game has become quite the phenomenon after it pivoted from its initial horde mode to Battle Royale. Recent months have been have I even seen it boasting virtual console sorry, virtual concerts and Star Wars calibrations. I cannot read today. Hold on. Star Wars collaborations. Man, that's me every day, man. Something only one of the world's <laughs> most popular video games can carry off. I'm gonna blame uh Jordan Ullman for using words that are too hard for me. It's entirely his fault. In collaboration a post- is a long word. Collaboration is a long word when you're just reading it for the like not for the <laughs> first time, but for like just going through like 
Wait, no. When you don't expect it. When it comes from left field, you don't expect the word collaboration. Collaboration throws you off. See, the thing, okay, the thing people don't realize about reading these things is that when you're already on tilt, it becomes just exponentially worse over, like, as you go through. It's like, oh, I just messed up the word four words ago. I'm going to mess up the next big word. 100%. In a post on Epic Games blog, the development team revealed that Save the World's main story is complete, but that it will endure as a premium experience instead of being free to play. Fortnite players considered to be founders, those who purchased the game at full price, will have their founders packs upgraded as a result. Save the World mode won't be able to support all upcoming Battle Royale cosmetics, but existing player libraries will remain intact. As Save the World winds down, its content will rotate for replayability purposes. A new Ventures mode is coming to the game too, which will feature new season-long excursions and zones with new and unique modifiers to tackle. Players can take part in these ventures to progress through the levels, pick up venture-specific rewards, and upgrade their items to their personal collection. So, I'm shocked it took this long for them to do this. Oh yeah, it's interesting that that for both like the slowing down to save the world mode and also stepping out of uh, the early access, that feels like a thing that that should have happened a year ago. But mm-hmm. I guess good on them for for finally getting there because Fortnite, if that game hasn't felt like it's been in early access since like 2018 at a certain point like we at a certain point we grew to accept that all right fortnite's here it's the most popular game in the world like if you're the most popular game in the world and everybody's and everybody's playing you like there's a certain point where it's like all right this ain't early access anymore yeah, like this, this is the real is world out. this is the, this game is out we're playing this game like it, it uh we're in here now um but yeah all the uh, legit everything here makes sense what they're doing with save the world makes sense you know, I, I don't really I, at this point, I don't know anybody who's still playing Save the World mode. Um, yeah. I'm sure those people exist. I remember I think it was Andrew Renee who might have been playing a little bit of it uh, when it when it first launched. Like I remember hearing those people, uh, you know, giving impressions on Save the World and stuff. But yeah, like that this this makes sense. Um, uh, you know, Fort, Fortnite Battle Royale is is, is kind of what the game is now. And so this all makes this all makes sense. Yeah, I. I think they would have gotten a bigger gain from it if they just you know, went ahead and made it free. But maybe they're afraid of splitting the user base a little bit and they want everyone just to focus on Battle Royale for cosmetics and whatever. I, It does seem like it's taken a bit too long to really just say like, okay, yeah, now we're sunsetting this. Because I assume they were sunsetting it the moment that uh, Battle Royale took off. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, like the story said, Fortnite is like a new thing. It's a different thing now. It's not just a PVE and a battle royale. It's like a a virtual space, which is good because while the world is on fire, it's a place for people to gather and go to you know go to concerts and do things like that, which is honestly a big thing right now because you can't really gather in many other places. Yeah, and, and I. I I'm kind of I kind of compare it a little bit to Apex Legends because Apex Legends is a game where I'm at the point where I'm kind of begging for them to put out a single player mode for that game, yes. and I I wonder if we kind of make that circle around with Fortnite where Save the World goes away and we get five years we get five years down the line and people are like, man, it would be great to have a Fortnite single player mode. It'd be great to have a, a, a Fortnite like actual campaign. And I and, and honestly, I think there's something there. I think there's something there in terms of sunsetting save the world and maybe like not not necessarily throwing throwing away the idea, but returning to it in a in a brand new way, in a way that kind of refreshes it and gets people excited because um I I never got to play Save the World and so I don't know like I I I don't know how that kind of landed for people in, in, in terms of um like if it's people pretty, enjoyed it. 
Like if people, if, if, standard if, horde mode, honestly, like the bull, the oh, building yeah? stuff is cool, but it doesn't really make a huge difference. I wonder if there's a nugget there that they could change that they could chase in terms of trying to actually make something that people fall in love with um, yeah. out of a single player mode. But yeah, it's it's great that Fortnite can be a place people can gather because they can't gather in amusement parks anymore. That's one of the things Nintendo is considering because Nintendo's theme park in Japan will not open this summer. This is from Bloomberg by Takashi oh. Mochizuki. Universal Studios Japan has decided to postpone an opening of a Nintendo-themed area that was originally scheduled for this summer due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, people familiar with the matter said. The theme park, owned by Comcast Corp's NBC Universal, is expected to make a formal announcement as early as this week, potentially with information on the new schedule. When the two people said, asking not to be identified because the decision is not yet public. Construction of the area is nearly complete, and Comcast is still aiming for an opening this year, they said. Nintendo Co. and Universal Parks and Resort tied up in 2015 and announced they would bring Nintendo-themed areas within the Universal Studios theme parks around the world, beginning with Osaka's before the now-postponed Tokyo 2020 Olympics. The area is expected to boost visitors to the popular amusement destination and raise awareness of Nintendo's popular game characters and boost sales of the company's consoles and game software. Universal Studios in Japan didn't immediately reply for requests outside of comments on business hours. One of the people said the plan was for Comcast to open before the Tokyo Olympics and not in the summer of 2020. The Olympics is now scheduled to begin in July 2021. So yeah, I think that last line is probably the, the key part of it, is that this whole thing was always a... Japan was very much centered on making Tokyo 2020 Olympics a big thing. And now that those Olympics are delayed and still being called the 2020 Olympics, that doesn't make any sense for Nintendo to open this thing. Plus, I mean, I wouldn't go to an amusement park now, would you? No, and that that's the thing. That's the thing that kind of sucks about it, is that whenever we get these news stories that something's been delayed or something is uh, canceled, specifically the these physical gatherings, it's like... Well, yeah, like nothing's happening. This one hundred percent makes sense that they would that they would delay um, the Nintendo theme park. There's no, it makes no sense for people to gather in this way um, uh, this year for the for the foreseeable future. Um, I'm really excited though for whenever this thing does open up, and I still I still want to go to Japan. Um, yeah, and I still want Greg Miller to pay for it. Um, and so <laughs> he like, said that's, he would. That, that, that's a comp- I don't know if he said he would. I or he might have said he would. I for- I'm I sure. He I, no, no, no. Gary I, Witta, look, Gary Witta <laughs> said he would pay for me to go to Japan if you guys get kind of funny to that's pay for you. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, Which even though I, Gary, I was it, wait, was it you or was it Gary Witta just saying he'd pay for one of us? No, he specifically like see, he specifically I feel like said that's convenient. Hey, listen. I feel like that's very convenient for it to be listen, you and for you he to be specifically the one to said that. me because I'm his favorite. That does make sense. I mean, I can't argue that. I can't argue that. Um, but yeah, I want to go to Japan. I want to go to this theme park. I'm I'm really excited for it. Uh, have you been seeing some of the pictures that people have been taking from like outside of it, where like you can kind of see it being built and you see like images of like Goombas and stuff? Yeah. From outside the theme park. Every time I see one of those, I get really excited. I really want to go to this theme park. I really want to go, and I want to wait. I want to do both Tokyo and the Orlando versions, but I also want it to be more than just Mario. Like, I understand why they're starting with Mario. Like, it makes total sense. But I, I want a Zelda-themed area, too, and, like, a Pokemon well, area and all that jazz. That stuff has to be coming. And I, and yes. I feel like Pokemon could have its own theme park, to be honest. Yeah, Like, I, I would not be, be shocked if we get a Pokemon theme park announced that is, like, specifically Pokemon. But that said, yeah, I would love to go to a theme park that is Mario, Donkey Kong, uh, Zelda, Pokemon, and, like, the big, big uh, Nintendo franchises. You guys... Can you imagine a Breath of the Wild like fancy dinner restaurant? Oh my god, <laughs> that'd be really cool. Oh my cool. god, and you like, in it's basically hot pot. It's basically like what what Link cooks in the game, but it's yeah, that's exactly what I was going for. 
My girlfriend oh, has like a cookbook that's like from Breath of the Wild of like she was showing me the recipes. They all look amazing, but it's like the stuff he makes in the game. They make like real life food versions of those things. That's so cool. That's really good. That's so good. Yeah. All right. So this is kind of like this is a big games industry story, but also kind of like a personal story for me. Uh, Andy McNamara, the editor in chief of Game Informer, has announced that he's retiring from games journalism after 29 years at the out that outlet. Andy McNamara has announced his retirement from games journalism today. He's been at GI since 1991 and has been part of 30, 327 issues. So he is, I think I saw Frank Cifaldi today saying no game journalism outlet has existed for 21 or 29 years. To be at that one position for that many years is literally unprecedented. Wow. Yeah, I never really, I, I didn't even think about that. I saw this news earlier and uh, that's pretty wild that he's been at an outlet for 29 years. Like that mm -hmm. makes you... I mean that makes you a veteran, but that also makes you like that. That almost puts you in like founding father territory of, yeah, yeah you have experience. You've been like you've been part of of, of all of this. Um, shout out, shout out to him. Like I don't I don't know any McNamara personally. I've I've read Game Informer, um, obviously, and and I've enjoyed Game Informer, and so um, yeah, that's that's awesome to see this. Like awesome to see that he's able to to kind of you know have have those years go by and, and experience this and be like all right cool i've done my i've done my work i'm done um yeah congrats there was so you follow me on twitter blessing you yes. know that on twitter i can be fairly spicy i can say things oh, yeah. that don't sound like that come off very confrontational and that's why we love you imran <laughs> so one time while i was working at game informer i said a th i'm trying to do this without putting too many names to it but I said a thing that pissed someone pretty big off in a way that, like, they took it very, very personally. Uh, he, that person then contacted Andy to say, I will, pro like, either fire this person or I will sue. And Andy talked to me about it the next day. It's like, hey, we, I just want to say, like, you're not in trouble. This is what we're going, like... This is what's happening. And I talked to like the whole thing lasted a couple of days up to a week or two, I think. But I, I told him, Andy, if it, if it helps, I will just apologize and I'll lay low on Twitter. I'll be, I'll be better about what I say on that on social media. And Andy's response is something I'm never going to forget. He says, nah, fuck that. We don't negotiate with terrorists. And awesome. he said, as long as he is there, I will be protected from bullshit like that. And that is the kind of boss Andy McNamara was that he he went out of his way to protect his employees and like I, Andrew Reiner is going to be a great editor in chief as well. But God bless Andy McNamara because if not for him, then I don't think a lot of game journalists would have gotten where they are in the industry today. That's really cool. Yeah, that's 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 really awesome. Yeah. All right. To switch tax from there, a PSVR patent has filed or okay psvr patent filed for advertisements displayed within the headset oh this is from jordan Olman again that's why i'm tripping up in the headline because it's all his fault oh. yeah it's always Olman. it's always Olman. always Olman. what is your problem man a new patient vr patent filled by sony interactive entertainment suggests that the company is working on technology that will allow advertisements to be displayed within the headset the patent listing from sony published on june 25th shows drawings that offer an example of how a virtual reality advertising model may look in practice it appears that the advertisements will show up in the periphery parts of your vision. The top corners of the display are as a banner in the top middle of the screen. According to the text of the patent, the way advertisements will be displayed depends on the position of the user's head within the head-mounted display in their line of sight. The patent describes the advertisements as, quote, additional content for promoting recognition of a given thing or service. 
One example used in the text is of the user watching a concert with a set of performers perf- appearing at the same time. Technology seems to be able to detect on which performer the user is focusing his or her attention, then change the advertisement in, according with the performer, in accordance with the performer of interest. Oh, so, I don't like this. This is some dumb bullshit dystopia thing, but it reminds me of that old, I want to say it was a connect patent of how to advertise to people and get them to physically interact with the ad. Do you remember the thing I'm talking about where no. like, like he's, he stands up from his couch and yells at McDonald's and the advertisement stops? Oh, no. No, I've not I, heard that. That's messed up. I will have to show that to you at some point, but it's hilarious. Just because I, I just love the idea. So he's like, McDonald's! And this, I don't think they would ever go through with this. But it's smart. One, it's cool to know that they're patenting PSVR things, because that kind of throws mm-hmm. Greg Miller's theory out the window that they're not working on a PSVR too. Well, not is well. To be clear, to be fair to Greg, he he does think they're working on PSVR two. He just doesn't think it's going to make the finish line and actually come out. Possible, I could definitely see that. But who knows if this is one of those things that helps them be like, yeah, not many games sell for it, but we can advertise to people. Yeah, and that and I think that's that is a bigger thing, right? Like because you would assume that yeah, this is them thinking about the future of VR in a very very heavy way, and this the, this is them thinking about how to monetize VR and whether or not this this actually makes it through. I don't think this is going to make it through. This very much yeah. strikes me a lot like when they patented the the um, sweat stuff for the P- PS5 controller uh, earlier in the year, where they like they patented like the. Um, um, essentially, the, the the controller will be able to measure how much you're sweating and how much um, like physical exertion you're making in order to to measure that within a game. Mm-hmm. That this strikes me as very much in the same realm of weird stuff that they're probably prototyping and just throwing at a wall to see what works. And this will probably not actually make it through. The idea, though, that you could get basically like cookies based off of what you're looking at in v- like like i'm wa- i'm watching a concert in vr and because i'm focusing on um i don't know man is common and kanye are performing and i'm focused on common more than kanye and now i'm getting cookies based off of common's new book that he just released that to me sounds like the, a weird dystopian thing that at at, at at all levels, I'm not okay with. I don't like, but also I feel like we're already here in so many yeah, ways. And so absolutely. whatever. Plus, yeah. it's just more of what you like. Let the computers <laughs> do what they do best. You know. Yeah, but like, do you know? How, do you know how much money I've been spending on Postmates? And it's all because of cookies, man. It's because they know. It's just because they know get what to sell. Up. You, there's plenty of restaurants near your house. Yeah, but I don't have to leave. If I order or on Postmates, cook. and after after KFD, I get tired, and it's like, all right, do I want to yeah, spend thirty minutes? Take a nap. <laughs> yeah, I um, hours. it looks like it's Sony that put that patent out. Okay, that was a Sony patent. Yeah. So the McDonald's patent was Sony, which is it's oh, hilarious. Yeah, the figure nine. <laughs> he's got his arm raised. It looks like he's like McDonald's. shouting it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has to shout McDonald's to get rid of the ad. That's fucked up. <laughs> I like it. I think it's cool. Say McDonald's to end commercial. That sounds like a ho- like a hostage situation. But you get what it like. Can you imagine if you just shout a word? Like, I'll learn all the words. Just end all the commercials? No, man. I'm all about that. And maybe I'll get that's some the equi- Mickey That's D's the equivalent too. to when you're getting bullied in high school and like the, the bully is like, say uncle, say uncle. That's literally the equivalent to what's <laughs> happening in this patent. No. Your phone's already listened to you, Blessing. It's not that different. 
Hey, bless whatever, you. Man. Ever try to get whatever. your phone to show you stuff? Like you were like, man, I really want to get an ad for a like night table with a refrigerator in it. So you just start talking about it and hope that the Instagram puts it out there. Dude, I don't know what you're talking about, but I do have an ad here for McDonald's, which is kind of weird. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on here. A friend and I once were walking in a mall that neither of us had ever been to, and we saw a name of like a a store called like I want to say it was like Ghost Skin or something like that, and. We were laughing about it. We joked about it. We were making like inside jokes. And then later when she was checking her phone on Facebook, she got an ad for that place that she oh. had never seen, that neither of us had ever heard before in our lives. That's I, just location, I've heard, No, That's just dude. I've heard too many of those stories. I, I know that um, there was – we were doing – I God, what, I can't remember what – it's one of those Japanese studios that makes like very JRPG games. We we were doing a they they did an Where? event at E three last year, and we were talking about it with Jared Petty, and I pulled out my phone and like it legitimately put me in an ad for that blue blue point maybe no here, I don't know I, I I got a it's definitely not blue point if it's your RPGs but here I got I got a solution uh, Alexa, are you listening to me? I only listen after you say the wake word. Okay, yeah, more. you believe that? Sure. That yeah, the robots are going to tell you the truth. Thank you, Blessing. You, You're so young. Have you ever checked the Alexa app wherein it has the recordings of everything you've ever said to it? I've not checked it myself, but I have listened to like podcast. I, I think it was Giant Bombcast or Beastcast where they pulled out uh, Dan Reichert's Alexa. Alexa, I'm not talking to you. Nope, please no. Stop. Turn <laughs> off. It's really off. funny is that one time after a party, uh, Greg printed it out and there was like a lot of cool Greg to try to get it to do certain songs. It was really good, but he was also very drunk. But yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure this clip exists somewhere on YouTube. It's Dan Riker talking to his uh, app. I'm not going to say the name of it. I'm um, talking to his app, uh, and yeah, it's like all the pre-recorded stuff that like he's asked it, asked it for, and it's hilarious. Yeah, like it keeps that recording in perpetuity. They know. Or, I mean, granted, this is all a dumb thing to talk about on a podcast because we're being recorded right now. But still, like, we're already there with your consent. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, speaking of apps, Discord is rebranding the shift away from gaming. Can I say I love your your segues? By the way, your some segues are, are good. Some yeah. of them are fucking terrible. For the most was... part, you've been killing it though. Like they're so it. smooth, and like we'll be half like halfway through the sentence before I'm like, oh shit, that like we're it's the new story. We're on a story. new story. <laughs> Whenever you start with speaking of, it's like it's always a segue. That that is the podcaster's crutch. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't have anything here. So speaking of, so Discord, it doesn't have a new name. Oh, this is from Engadget by Igor Bonifacic. It doesn't have a new name, but Discord is effectively rebranding away from being an app dedicated to helping gamers communicate with one another during a tense online match. In a blog post titled published on Tuesday, the company announced it's changing its focus to make its software into a place where anyone can find a community, create their own chat server, and talk to their friends whenever they're, when, whether they're into gaming or not. Quote, games are what brought many of you onto this platform and we'll always be grateful for that, the company said. Today, many of you use Discord for day-to-day communication. You're sharing thoughts about books, music, and art, and creating servers just to be yourself and share moments with friends. Practically speaking, what the rebranding means for current and more specifically new Discord users is a streamlined onboarding experience and updated templates that make it easier to set up a server. Moving forward, there'll also be fewer jokes within the app referencing games, quote, to make sure everyone can take part in the fun. Moreover, Discord claims user safety will be a major focus. Quote, we will 
continue to take decisive action against white supremacists, racists, and other people who seek to use Discord for evil, the company said. Discord says it's also fixed hundreds of bugs, as well as increased the voice and video capacity by 200%. So this is long overdue, I think, because Discord is better than Skype for voice chat. It like it just oh, yeah. plainly is. And I had to, I think it was last year or the year before, talk to my the person who was doing my taxes. And I needed to like actually like communicate and she wanted to do it over voice chat instead of over the phone. And I, I wanted to tell her use Discord, but she's an older lady and I think all the dumb Discord jokes at the beginning of that thing, like rushing your zergs and all that's like every little like gamer joke at the beginning of that makes it less likely for somebody to get into to be able to use that thing and think of it as a professional place to talk. Yeah, I I'm on kind of both sides of this where I think for them to to lean away from the branding branding of Discord being online gaming makes 100% sense because it Discord is used for so many other things outside of that. Um in fact, I for, I mean for me personally, right? Like using Discord. I've used Discord more so for Netflix parties and for I mean for we're doing it right now um for this episode of Confident kind of Games Daily and all our kind of funny content, we use Discord. Um and I the the amount of times I've used Discord for actual actual online gaming totally is, is dwarfed by the all the other times I've used Discord. And so it makes sense for them to lean off of that. But I do think there is something special there in terms of Discord's connection with gaming communities, mm-hmm. which I, I I wonder what their balance is going to be here in terms of of leaning back from that because you know there's so many Discords I'm a part of that are gaming community specific discords like i'm part of the the kind of funny discord i'm part of uh the okay beast discord and i'm looking like right now trying to see what what other discords i'm i'm, I'm part of i'm part of um irrational passions discord and in wolf den discord and discord discords that are built off of uh different gaming communities because that's one where kind of discord started but also i think that's where they found their their bread and butter um and I, and I and I think that allows Discord to also have its own identity that works. Um, us not associating Discord with Skype or Zoom or Google Hangouts, I think, allows it to kind of exist in the space that really works super well for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I think this move that they're making is ultimately good, but I hope they they still kind of find a way to uh, take ownership of. Uh, uh, like of this space of 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 video games uh, and I guess voice chat, but also I'm 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 also with what you're saying that Discord works so well as an app that I would like to see more people use it. I would like to see it be accessible for the the moms and the and the in the fathers of the world yeah. that aren't necessarily integrated with uh, this all this gaming stuff. They also they did try to get more into gaming at some point, like they tried to publish games and had a game store for a while, and both those endeavors. Yeah. Just- failed miserably so i can understand why they're like okay yeah we're, we're good at this thing let's let's focus on this and like let's mainstream it out yeah i'm with but you there i really like that they they made a point to say that they are focusing on getting rid of taking action against white supremacists and racists and all those near duels which is something twitch is also doing which is put on your controversy hat blessing because we're getting to a story of twitch suspends oh. donald trump's channel for hateful conduct this is from gamesindustry.biz from, by Brendan Sinclair. Twitch has temporarily suspended the official Donald Trump Twitch channel for hateful conduct. The account was blocked from view earlier today 
I think this was written yesterday, with a Twitch spokesperson telling GamesIndustry.biz, hateful conduct is not allowed in, on Twitch. In line with our policies, President Trump's channel has been issued a temporary suspension from Twitch for comments made on stream, and the offending comment ha- content has been removed. The representative highlighted two comments from the campaign rallies that were recently aired on the Twitch channel as examples of hateful conduct. So, before we started blessing, I was like, do you think we should do this story? And we're like, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Yeah. And I'm I'm currently on games gamesindustry.biz because I want to know what the the quotes that they cited were because I think that that's uh, so one of them was from a campaign ad which was about uh, they're not sending us their best people they're sending us the rapists and all you know that that famous okay yeah quote yeah okay then I'm with it the Tulsa like, yeah, one I don't remember exactly which what which quote that was so but it looks it was like also not great. <laughs> So from the GamesIndustry.biz article, uh, they say here, the second comment was from Trump's rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, earlier this month, in which the president said, quote, hey, it's one o'clock in the world, or it's one o'clock in the morning, and a very tough, I've used the word on occasion, ombre, a very tough, okay, so it goes into him using the ombre, using the word ombre to describe. Um, he basically describes a scenario yeah. where someone, like, a, in a foreigner crawls through your window and attacks you. Yeah, a very tough, very tough hombre is breaking into the window of a young woman whose husband is away as a traveling salesman or whatever, whatever he may do. And you call nine one one, and and they say, "I'm sorry, this number is no longer working." By the way, you have many cases like that, many, many, many. And this is very much a Donald Trump quote because it's it's very rambling. Um, whether it's a young woman, an old woman, a, a young man, or an old man, and you're sleeping. But yeah, he uses the word hombre to try and essentially describe what would essentially be a minority person. Um, yeah, I'm with that. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, ban him. Like, yeah, you know, I don't think anybody should be exempt from um from your your terms of service as as a as a service like Twitch, right? Like, if you are if you are if you are having people abide by these rules, if you're having your users abide by these rules, if we have to, if uh if a new user has to, if your big users have to, then yeah, like hold everybody accountable. Um, and so that being the case. Yeah, like Trump is saying some some hateful speech here. Ban him. That makes sense to me. I'm with it. Yeah. And I I know it's come up in other kind of funny stuff recently, but like I don't know if it's come up in KFTD, but fuck Donald Trump. Fuck people who support Donald Trump. If that's that's the if that's the wagon you want to join, then we're fine not having you here. Yeah, and I highly recommend people listen to the kind of funny podcast uh, last week's episode. Uh, I I legit just got done listening to it to it last week, and they get very much in the nitty gritty of talking about um, the community and and uh, essentially how everybody has different views, everybody has different politics, everybody has different opinions on things, whether it's games, entertainment, politics, and all that stuff. Right? They go into detail on basically where we stand as a company, as far as you know what you who you, like who you want to support what we're what we're cool with what we're not cool with and it's not a, it's not a thing where it's like all right if you're a republican you're not allowed to listen to our pop, to our content if you're this or that you're not allowed to listen to our content like it's not it's not necessarily that i think where we where we basically stand is if you're with hate and you're with bigotry and you're with racism and you're with stuff that we're not if if you're if you were stuff that we that that we define as just not okay. Just not that. Just just the line that we're that we're not cool with. Then feel free to like see the door. You know, we're you listen to a podcast right now with a black dude uh, and a brown dude, right? It's me and Imran here. And like, if you're out here supporting racism, like, we'll be the dudes to tell you we're not <laughs> with it. Like, don't listen to us. Like, we don't we don't want you here. And so that's kind of where we stand with it. 
Uh, bless, I'm I'm here too. Kevin, oh, also... wait, Kevin, Kevin, you're black. We've had this conversation what? before. <laughs> I'm, just I, saying, I, like, I like... I'm here, regardless of what race I am. You know. Oh yeah, Kevin. Kevin's also here. Kevin, I just also like the running color. joke that I think Kevin is white. Yeah, it's real funny. Keep making fun of my race. <laughs> I'm joking, Kevin. I love you. We I all love you love too, Kevin. bud. But blessing November, which is when you should vote, and you should, if you haven't registered to vote, register on vote.org to find out information about how you register your vote is so far away. It if is. I wanted to know what is coming to Mom and Grout House today, where would I look? It. I would go to the, uh, the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Love it. Out today, Legend of Heroes Trail of Cold Steel 3 is out on Switch. Little Town Hero, which has a bopping soundtrack by Toby Fox, even if the game itself isn't that great. But the soundtrack is amazing. The soundtrack is, it, is great. Yeah. It's out on PC. Hunting Simulator 2 out on PC or P or sorry, PS4 and Xbox One. Strikers 1945 3 is out on PC. The Story Tale is out on Switch. 12 containers is on is out on PC. New dates. Crisis Remastered had a leaked uh, listing on the Xbox Store, which says it's coming out on July 23rd, 2020. So Whoa. look forward to that. Whoa. Deal of the day, the Xbox One summer gaming sale includes a lot of Xbox One and 360 games for less than 15 bucks. So you could buy, let's say, Symphony of the Night, Dead Space, Alice Madness Returns, a bunch of kind of like their games that kind of, well, not all of them, but you can find games that kind of flew under the radar or were good that people don't talk about that much and are backwards compatible now for $4.99, for 5 bucks. That is less than the price of a co- coffee in San Francisco. All right, now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You get a show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games is brought to you by... By Brooke Lennon. Did you know that making small changes to your everyday life can lead to huge positive changes to your lifestyle? The right towel turns a bathroom into a spa. The right t- loungewear turns function into luxury. The right bedding turns a bed into a retreat. You know Brooklyn as the internet's favorite sheets, but they're also home to bedding, loungewear, towels, and more with over 50,000 plus five-star reviews and counting. Kind of Funny loves Brooklyn, uh, their luxury products at a, at a low price, and Tim loves that he can get the right colors to match his room. We all know Tim is stylish. We all know Tim loves that blue. We all know Tim loves... If, you, if you've seen shows with Tim, you of course... You've seen the uh, the backdrop that he has, all the cool lights and colors. Tim is stylish, and he has Brooklyn because he knows that Brooklyn as well is stylish. Brooklyn was the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. No middlemen. Just a great product and service. All luxury products without the luxury markup. Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to start making small changes that make big differences. Brooklinen is so confident in the products that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Go on, make yourself comfortable. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use the promo code GAMES only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. All right, so blessing. I got a couple of stories. We're going to figure out which one of these, or not stories, but reader mail. Questions. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to figure out what we need to do. Let's start with Joy Kong Drift. Hello, Parker Petrov writes in and says, Hello, Blessing and Imran. Nintendo gave a formal apology over Joy-Con drift. However, in, in 2020, how is this still an issue? I understand the issue happening at launch as mistakes happen in manufacturing, bugs, etc. However, they have sold through many batches of Switches, and I don't understand how we can still have Joy-Con drift in units. Do you think Nintendo should be more 
culpable in fixing the root cause of this issue instead of just offering to fix or replace Joy-Cons for free. So basically last night they had their Q&A on, uh, on their Nintendo Investor Conference and somebody asked them about Joy-Con Grift. They said they apologized for it, but they can't really talk about it because there's a class action lawsuit in the works. So there's not a lot they can do, they can say about it right now. So that was their apology for it. Nintendo right now, even if you bought a new Joy-Con from a store that was manufactured yesterday, it would most likely still end up having that problem, which a lot of interesting. People, which is like over time, your analog sticks will start drifting more and more. I never had this problem with the classic or the pro controller, but I have it all the time with the classic or the yeah, original with Joy-Cons. the Joy Cons. Yeah, because I I have Joy Con drift on both my Joy Cons, and it it is frustrating. It is yeah, um, it's maddening honestly. Yeah, I. I that it's unfortunate. It's just an, an, an all around unfortunate situation. You know, I, th- I think it's one of those things where you just, for, for some things, you just don't know what the problem is going to be until millions and millions and millions of people are, are, are using a thing, you know, as opposed to, to the hundreds that you have, that you might have uh, pre launch that have touched the thing. And so, get, given that, given the this lawsuit, given all that, like, I think it's just an overall just unfortunate situation that yeah. they find themselves in and that I find myself in having to use these fucking joy cons that that drift. I think whatever the problem is with that thing and I'm not an engineer I w- don't know exactly what the problem is I think if people knew they'd be able to fix it but I think it's it is more expensive to change the mold of the existing thing or figure out what like change whatever it is in the joy con that's causing this issue than it is to just replace all these things for free. Because oh, yeah. of like I because most people are not going to send their joy content, honestly. Like that's that's the calculus they're taking. Is yeah, we'll do it, but people are probably going to just buy new joy cons rather than send it in, wait for a while, get them back, and then it'll happen again. Yeah, and I think so many people also use pro controllers. At, at least me, as somebody who I play a lot on my screen um, or on my monitor or TV when I'm playing my Switch, as opposed to the handheld. I know handheld people are pretty much just using the joy cons, but yeah. I think there's a good percentage of people out there that are using a pro controller, which doesn't have that issue, um, which might make it l- less of a big deal for Nintendo to to feel like they have to address it as big and as immediately as possible. Um, that said, I'll, I'd like to see this this issue go away, uh, and yeah, that's that's pretty much all I can say about it. Like, I, it, it's it's frustrating that, that this is still a thing that, that that goes on. Yeah, like especially in games that. Like Animal Crossing is a good example of having to shovel at very specific angles that you will always miss the first time because drift affects mm-hmm. it. So hopefully yeah. they do end up fixing that. Uh, why don't we skip the next ones? And I didn't get a squad up this today. I looked and the only squad up I saw in the last few days was the ones you guys did yesterday. So you guys okay. need to send more squad sense. ups. Yeah, send in your squad ups. Of course, you can write in. Let us know uh, what your plan and what game, what games you need people to to squad up with. Of course, you can squad up with people in the community. You guys play together. You have a good time. You return. Let us know your stories. Let us know if you have squad up successes. Um, we'll read those on the show. Um, but yeah, if you want to play games with other people in the community, write in with your squad up, and we'll we'll read them. All right. Why don't we then go to you're wrong, where people are going to tell us what we got wrong through the show. Usually, it's nothing, but this time we'll actually check. Usually, it's nothing. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Fortnite Save the World entered early access July 25th, 2017. So yeah, but Blessing was just saying that it should have been not in early access by 2018. Like if you're in early access for more than a year, oh, yeah. that's dumb. If you're if you're in early access and you become the most popular game on the planet, that's dumb. 
<laughs> like yes. you're not in early access anymore. You're a game. Uh, Zach, mine. How do you pronounce that? Me, Mininger. Joy-Con Zach, drift. Is, yeah, Mininger. Joy-Con drift is caused by the sticks not being mechanical like most of the controllers. Use the sensor that's easily must, messed up by dust and debris. Think of it like a computer mouse sensor. Nintendo went away from the mechanical switches to make the controller more compact, so it can't really be fixed that easily. Which kind of explains why they're, yeah. I, I would like them if they don't fix it this iteration through whatever the next switch is, because even the the switch light has the same problems. I would like them to have a more consistent method of having a thing that does not break so easily. Uh, beyond that, there was yeah. a Pokemon Park. It was called Poke Park. It's now closed. Oh dang. I should wait. Uh, Neil Bob just also writes in with the actual Connect patent that isn't the McDonald's thing. McDonald's thing was the PlayStation one, but mm-hmm. Connect did have a patent that was essentially um, them advertising through Connect in ways that were that were notable. <laughs> um, and so, take with that what you will. Yeah, I remember them saying like, "Oh, it's a new realm for advertisements." And honestly, but this at this it was a new realm in 2011. It's not a new realm now because now, like I said, phones just sort of do it. But yeah. I remember them saying it's going to be good for advertising then. And they never really did anything with it. Uh, that's breaking news. Not really what we're talking about here. All right. Yeah. So later this week, I am done with hosting duties. But Wednesday, Greg and Gary are going to come deliver UKFGD. Thursday, it's you, Blessing, and Greg. And Friday, it is Blessing and Greg again. Yeah, it is. All right. Boo, more Imran. He's great. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Uh, now it's time for the post show. Supporters of the silver membership or above on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Get this, but until next time, kind of funny games daily. <laughs>